Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Listen, um, so it's going to come on the screen. Um, can we stand? Is that right? Can we stand to read some scripture? Come on. And then what I'd love you to do is not like, you know, sometimes when you're out and they do the Lord's Prayer and you go, oh, Father. Uh, uh. I kind of want us to read it together. All right, so this mic's going to go quiet because I'm not going to read it because the mic makes me louder. So I'll turn the mic off, but I want us to read it together. So here we go. Wow. Nick doing video announcements. She's not here and she's still doing video announcements. I don't know. I remember when I was first getting, well, it wasn't that long ago, actually. I was first getting to know Nick and, uh, you know, when you, you know, when you invite the pastor around. So I was, I, was, I was around at her house and uh, just kind of chatting with her and Jez and, and uh, it got to the end of the... She'll kill me for telling you this. Um, Nick, if you're listening, just switch off about now. Um, she, I know she is listening. There's a few listening today. Um, she, we got to the end of the service and she let the mad dog in. You know the mad dog that's on the... She let them... And it was flying around, running all over the place. And I was just standing at the door speaking to her and Jez on my way out and Jez said to her, you might want to get your knickers out of the dog's mouth. <laughs> oh, what a hoot. That's a true story. That's a true story. That's a true story. She made me promise never to tell you. Uh, but since she's not here, uh, since she's not here, she'll, it'll be our little secret. Um, Absolutely, that's a true story. That is a true story. Nightmare of nightmares. It's hilarious. She's running around trying to catch the dog. Never mind. Let's not go there. Wow. So, so I was standing at the dinner. This isn't a trick question, by the way. What makes, what makes a cup of, or a pot of hot water into a pot of tea? How does it happen? Somebody nice makes it for you, yeah, that's a way. The, the tea has to be put into the water. Hebrews. Could be in Hebrews. The tea has to be put into the water. It's not a trick, is it? It's not, it's not difficult. What, what I've got to share today... It's really it is difficult for people to grasp what it really means to be in Christ. And it's the difference between a cup of water and a cup of tea. A lot of people have understood what it is to be saved and understood who Jesus is, but when it comes to their sonship, There has been no infusion. We understand with our mind the spirit of adoption. But we remain a cup of water without the infusion. And the amount of Christians I know in my personal journey in this as well. 
Uh, have you ever seen a program on telly? It's American diners, drives in, and something or other. I don't know if you've ever seen it. This guy drives around America eating food, basically. That's his job. But everywhere he goes, he always goes, that's the best I've ever had. And I often, me and Jackie laugh, because whenever he goes, he always says it's better than the last one he had. And it, the, I feel a bit like that with my messages sometimes. Every time I stand here, I think this is the best you're ever going to get. Not in performance, but in an understanding of revelation of who God is. But I really felt today that what was being carried and what was going to be released here is so significant. Not just, not just for this generation, it has always been significant. But for this generation, for us, for our people, to grasp what it is to be a son or a daughter of the king is massive. And there are many things I can say and probably many things I will say, but unless you receive that spirit of adoption for yourself, it will be the difference between water and tea. Unless you understand what it is to be in Christ Jesus, plunged in, completely the two becoming one. So a couple of quick hand grenades. I always like to do a couple of hand grenades. So first one is this. The people who, re who resist the next move of God are generally the people who have been successful in the last move of God. The people who resist the next move of God are generally the people who have been successful in the last move of God. We get into a place where we become comfortable with what God has done through us and is doing. That when the next move of God comes, we go, that can't be God because it doesn't look like what we've been doing. Hungering it too. I believe we've moved into a time where the Good Samaritan story is, is a one that is relevant still to today. But there's a deeper revelation of the Good Samaritan story. And that is this, that I believe that we've entered a time where God wants us to deal with the Jericho Road rather than with the injured person. I believe God wants us to move into a time where we begin to change towns and cities and regions so that we don't have wounded. So that the city or the road is a road of well-being. See, the issue, the issue was the road. There were many robbers and thieves along the road. Hello? If we change a town, a city or a region we get less wounded people because the place is different. We remove that which causes... Huh. 
Ha. Ha. They're the two hand grenades. What do fathers and mothers bring? What's the essence? What's the role of a father or a mother? Let me just tell you three things that I think there are many more, but these are the key. Provision. Protection. And the biggest one, identity. Whether that be a father or a mother that we've had in our earthly life, or whether it's the role of Father God, provision, protection, and identity, three key areas in this. We talked a little bit in the reading at the beginning, and I'm going to talk about sonship today. That's all I'm going to talk about, really. But I want to touch on the... Because at the beginning of our chapter today, that we talked about every blessing in Christ in the heavenly realms. But actually, that's where our blessing remains unless we, have, unless we understand we have the authority to go there and get it. And the authority to enter into the heavenly realms of getting that is because of who we are in Christ. Our sonship gives us access to that realm. So you can read about your spiritual blessings in Christ, but if you've got no concept that you're a son and you're entitled to them, oh, it's a big word, entitled, isn't it? It's not a word that we normally preach. Some of us need to make a withdrawal from daddy's bank. And some of us need to be unashamedly making withdrawals from daddy's bank. In, in this letter that we just read, in this one chapter alone, in this little bit, Paul mentions 29 times what it is to be in Christ. 29 times in all of Paul's letters he mentions 216 times about being in Christ you see you may be at the beer church today Billy Graham had this great saying I've used it many times Billy Graham had this great saying sitting in the garage doesn't make you a car Basically, he was saying, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. That was his point. But he, used to, he said, sitting in the garage, I always remember it, sitting in the garage doesn't make you a car. And we're in church today, we're in the beer today, but doesn't necessarily mean that you feel that you belong. There's a big difference between the two things. And being in Christ, up here, is very easy for us. Adoption and sonship up here is very easy for us. But it doesn't make you a son or a daughter. Uh-oh. It does because you're in. But you lose the blessing. Because you've got no concept of how to operate as a son or a daughter within that place. I know it's going to be a bit bitty today, a bit gritty, but never mind, we'll be all right. Every blessing in Christ has already happened. You're not going to get more blessing when you get the glory, it's just going to be different. But it's already taken place. He won it at the cross for us. The blessing is there. 
the access is there your sonship is there and every time I mention sonship it includes daughters all right if I've got a struggle with being a bride you can struggle with being a son every spiritual blessing in Christ you see we're not human beings trying to be spiritual we're spiritual beings trying to live out a small human existence if you believe that you've been adopted in then you also must believe that you have the ear of the father what father doesn't listen to his kids? A bad father. God's not a bad father. God's a good dad. And you have the ear of your father. And let me just tell you this, just in case any of you are really wondering. Blessing is not about getting stuff from God. That's part of it, and God does release stuff to us. The blessing in the spiritual realm is this, you're in see when Paul wrote this he was in prison but he understood what the blessing was in Christ he was in a place of restriction he was in a place where he was closed down yet he understood the freedom of Christ because he knew where his blessing was it was about being in Christ so it didn't matter what prison he was in he had freedom because he was in Christ <laughs> sonship it's an amazing thing it's the difference it's the difference maybe between how to describe this. Maybe if you, if, you, if you think about fostering a kid, fostering a child, all right, you look after their needs, you look after them, you provide for them, they're part of the family, but they're fostered. It's a great thing. It's an amazing thing. But there's something different about adoption, isn't it? I'm going to suggest that the bulk of Christians, more Lord, I'm going to suggest that the bulk, the bulk of, Christian, of Christians and their theology is a fostered theology rather than an adopted theology. Because we believe in God and we believe He's great and we believe He saved us, but it is There is a distance between the reality of your sonship or daughtership than you being in his family. Oh, but when I got saved, I'm his son, I'm his daughter. I'm not disputing that. I'm, not, I'm talking about the reality of living out of that place. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not a daughter or a son. I'm not saying that. Listen to me, I'm saying it's important that we understand that unless we've received the spirit of adoption, we'll wander around like orphans. See, what I'm doing today is, it's interesting, Sherlock come and prayed with me and he's seen some stuff being written at the back today by the angelic hosts. And they're writing it on a scroll. And he says, I feel, Alan, that, that God... What the message you've got today is going to be released and it's going to be written down. It's going to be foundational to where we move from from here. And 
I think it's always been a foundational message. But actually, it's the exact same thing God said to me. What we're doing today is I'm releasing something into the atmosphere that will bring a reality to our hearts. And you might not get it today, but you'll get it. You might walk from this place today and what was that all about? But I'm releasing something into the atmosphere. In this church, in this family, across this region. You know, God prophesied over me through some people. And there's some people in this place that today are a part of this. He prophesied about as one. And he said to me, Alan, he says, I want you to raise up some apostolic or fathers and mothers across the region because the region's desperate for them. I'm going to suggest to you today that this church has amazing fathers and mothers already in it. I'm going to suggest to you today that we need to learn what it is to be good sons and daughters. Wow. I want to move from that fostered mentality into an understanding that I'm adopted in and I have full access. If you've got the spirit of adoption, you just fit. You just belong. You're in. I want to tell you today that God never made stupid stuff. Everything He made, everything He created was good. And that includes you. Even though you do bad stuff, <laughs> even though we don't always get it right, God looked at you and said, that's good. You're a pleasure to Him. He wants you in His family. He wants you adopted into His family. I want to tell you as well that there's no edge to God. What do I mean by that? He's constantly creating. We can't come to the edge of what God's created. He's constantly creating. Richard spoke about this the other week. It's a constant going on. There's no edge with God. But here's the, here's the rub. He wants you to co-create with Him. <laughs> he wants you to co-create with Him. God is a good father that has adopted you in. Someone who was without is now within. Someone who wasn't included is was excluded is now included. Someone who has not known the father's love now has a loving father. In the Old Testament, and I mean this with all reverence, so don't shout at me or email me. In the Old Testament, it was a bit more like God was the Godfather rather than God the Father. But in the New Testament, Jesus says, when you pray, pray, Father. <laughs> See, the Old Testament, it was Rafa this and Rafa that and Rafa that. And the New Testament just comes here, Father. 
your sonship, your daughtership was won by Jesus <laughs> through his shedding of his blood. He's won you into a place of sonship, of daughtership. He hasn't won you into a religious setting. He's won you into a place of adoption. Oh, church. <laughs> see, I, see, I'm a granddad, right? And I'm always banging on about it, right? I'm always, I love being a granddad. I'm always banging on about it. One of the good things that being a granddad has afforded me is I've begun to go to soft play again. And, um, and I've been begin to go to trampoline, and it's great. And, 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 you know, when my kids were, were young, I was like, I was from Walker, I was well hard, you know, like well hard from Walker, so, you know, you never took your shoes off and joined in, you just watched. Um, but with my grandkids now, I'm a bit older, you see, and a bit softer, and I've had a bit of experience of father's love, and so now I take my shoes off, and I'm in there, and I'm way, and jumping up and down, and on the bouncy castles, but listen what, I mean, I think I learned this before, but listen, a mother can identify her child's cry in the middle of many. Have you noticed that? Even one better, my Jackie will go, oh, that cry means he wants a poo. <laughs> there are other things, but I thought I'd pick poo. That cry means he wants a poo. They not only know the cry, oh, church, let's see if we can get this. They not only know the cry, but they know what's needed. Because they're in relationship with the child. Hello. You see, Father God in heaven knows when you need a poo. Ah, Alan, be good. He knows you cry and he knows what you need. And he can identify your cry among everybody else's cry in this place today. Because you've got his ear. Because you're adopted in. You're his child. He knows you. You're his family. It's a big difference from just being saved. Saved's just the ticket to the family. You're in. You're in church. And he can hear you. Where's God? Where's God? He hears you. And he knows what your cry is. He's never deaf to you at all. I want to talk a little bit quickly. So we talked about Father God. I want to talk a little bit about spiritual mums and dads. I am a spiritual dad to quite a few people. So please don't come and ask me to be your spiritual dad. I am in a general sense. But I have to be honest with you, a spiritual dad is a relational thing. So generally, I can be a spiritual dad over the house, over a region, I get that. But I'm talking, this, I'm talking at this particular time around a dad that has a relational connection. Okay? So I father, at the moment I'm fathering three ex-prisoners, ex-offenders, and I'm fathering other people as well. But... But I'm also being fathered by three people. You see, there's no, there's no difficulty in being a dad and being a son at the same time. You can be both. 
And being a dad has got nothing to do with your age. Or being a mum has got nothing to do with your age. For many years, I remember many, many years ago, one of, one of my spiritual dads is, is, uh, is Peter Wigglesworth, who's also listening today. And I have, he hasn't got a dog. And I haven't seen his underwear, so we're all right today. Um, but Peter, Peter has, um, for 40 years, has been, has been a part of my life. And I've been a part of his. And I'm sure there's been times when I've been dad to him and he's been dad to me and vice versa. But I remember, I'll never forget a time, oh, I'll never forget that time, yeah. At that time when he took me to see David Pawson. Remember David Pawson? I didn't get David Pawson, I've got to be honest with you. He was never my, but Peter had all his everything. He had like the shrine to David Pawson. It was like every teaching was about David Pawson. It was like David Pawson had almost become Jesus. On tape, On tape twice a day. He just, he loved David because there was revelation in his teaching and Peter just grabbed it. And he just embraced it. And he became a friend of David Pawson actually. Did a forward for a couple of his books and things. And David Pawson lived in Durham. And he says to me, I'll, I was, if you think I'm rough now, you should have seen me then. I was really rough then. And he said, and he says, Alan, I want you, will you come with us and we're going to see David Pawson? I'm like, not that bloke who goes on and on and on and on. And so anyway, I went to see him and, and he did go on and on and on and on. And I remember driving home with Peter in the car and Peter looked, now this doesn't sound a big statement right here, right now today because you don't know me back then. But back then it was a very big statement. And he said this to me. He said, Alan, I see a day where you'll be leading a church. Now, Peter at that time was the leader of the church. Wow. Wow, what a statement and what a journey. And Peter relinquished his pastoring of a church so that I could pastor it. See, that's a good dad. <laughs> that's a good dad. Because he's seen something within me that I didn't even see in myself. And as a good dad, I can honestly say I wouldn't be standing here today. I'm sure I wouldn't be if it wasn't for Peter's influence in my life. Now there are many more. Uh, me, me and Nick Bonsley, when we, sometimes when we email each other, we put on the bottom DV, which stands for David Vickers. <laughs> you need a bit of loving? Go and see David Vickers. He's good at loving people. He's good at loving on people. So we, we've got this little thing going now called DV. Instead of saying, love you, we just go DV. You've been DV'd. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I think we should get badges and everything made of it. I, I'm picking on a few, but listen, I could pick on a very large amount of people in this place today. What the difference is this, you need to understand you're a father and a mother because the world's crying out for you guys. I didn't have any problem with that. Peter's been a good dad to me over many years and there's been others who are dads to me and still are dads to me and I value them and I learn from them in an earthly setting. I submit to them and I do stuff, or rather I don't do stuff that I want to do because they tell me not to do it. It's not just a head submission. 
I want to say today, if you haven't got a dad or a mum, a spiritual dad or a mum, you should find one. And you don't find one by going to pester them. You find one by being a good son or a daughter. Wow. You know, Peter's been a dad to me over many years, and I don't agree with him theologically over a lot of stuff. Amen. <laughs> you know when he said last week you don't receive Christ? Well, that's a load of tongue. Take no... I'm not going to say that. It's just... You know, when my Bible tells me Christ in me, the hope of glory, I believe Christ in me. How do I separate Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father? I can't. I actually believe they're all in me. Wow. And Peter will be all right because we know we've discussed this and he'll still have his opinion and we'll still be divided on theology but one as a father and a son. Because his fathership over my life doesn't depend on whether I agree with him theologically. <laughs> actually, you should have fathers that you don't agree with. They'll bring challenge to your life. Some of you are thinking, I've lost the track, but I'm going to give you a Bible verse just to help you out. Just so you know, 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16. Listen to this. Listen to it carefully. For though you have many 10,000 teachers in Christ. So though you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Though the good news, sorry, through the good news, I became your father in Christ. So I beg you, please follow my example. We need good fathers and mothers. People who are living and walking the walk. People who are good examples to us. But if we don't draw on our fathers and mothers... They'll get bored. <laughs> this house is full of them. Absolutely chocker block full of them. And let me tell you this. When you understand your spirit of adoption, when you understand you're a son, very rarely can you operate from a spirit of rejection. Because your identity is secure. The majority of people who operate from a spirit of rejection is because their identity is loose. He doesn't like me anymore. He never speaks to me. It is good, and you'll get long life if you honor your father and your mothers. Not just your earthly father and mother. So when Exodus 20:12 says, Honor your father and mother, and it will go well with you, and you'll live long in the land the Lord God has given you. Hello? That's spiritual fathers and mothers, as well as your earthly father and mother. We need to create, listen, we need to create a place, listen, create pillars around you before you need something to lean on. Come on. Create them around you. Whoever welcomes a prophet welcomes the prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person receives the righteous person's reward. I'm going to suggest whoever 
honors fathers receives the father's reward. Whoever honors an apostle receives the apostle's reward. Whoever honors a teacher receives the teacher's... Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? That which you honor, you attract and receive. Who remembers the prodigal son? He got everything wrong. He wanted his inheritance early. I love the Old Testament version, uh, the um, authorized version of this. It says he spent his money on riotous living. That just sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> riotous living, yay! Wine, women, and song. But you know what it says at the, at, at the, towards the end of that? It says that he came to his right mind. What was his right mind? I've got a father who's got a house. I've messed up bad. I've spent all his money. I came in the worst place. But his right mind was this. He was a son. I don't care where you are today, wherever you are on your journey, your right mindset is this. You're a son. You're adopted in. And when you get to your right mind, the rubbish stuff begins to disappear. I, what do you say? I'll go back to my father's house. He wasn't expecting much. He was just expecting being a servant. You see, but the father, the father received him as a son because he never stopped being a son. Even when he was living bad, even when he messed up, he didn't stop being a son. You see, some of us think, well, I can be a son, I can be a daughter if I'm right with God, if I'm doing the right stuff. Actually, you need to Find out your place and your identity as a son or a daughter to be able to do the right stuff. It's not the other way around. Christians are trying to stop doing stuff instead of trying to understand their identity. If I operate as a son, I operate differently. Oh, I hope some of this is making some sense to you. We need to move from a place. Wow. Wow. Sin consciousness needs to be crushed. <laughs> Even Christians won't agree with this. Sin consciousness needs to be crushed in our thinking. And we need to be awakened to our sonship so that you understand that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the place you operate from. That's the place you begin to live better. That's the place you begin to get more holy. It's from that place of sonship. And let's stop being impressed with Christian spiritual gifts. And let's start getting impressed by how good of a dad or a mum they are. Because actually God can give anybody a gift. And the gifts of God are irrevocable. So you can actually live rubbishly but still operate in the gift. And we get impressed with that. Let's get impressed by how good of a dad or a mother they are. How good of a son or a daughter they are. Let's start to get impressed with that stuff. Here's my text for today. In <laughs> it's in Romans. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
The Spirit you receive does not make you a slave again to fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with your spirit. So it's a spirit-to-spirit thing. I can't teach it. It's a spirit-to-spirit thing. The Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that you're adopted. You have to receive it. It's a spirit of adoption. You have to receive it. I can't teach it. I can't. I wish I could give it to you. I can't give it to you. The Spirit Himself testifies to your spirit that you are the children of God. Now, if you're children of God, then you are also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. It breaks the poverty mentality of our thinking. And not just that, creation is waiting for you to take your place as a son and a daughter. You see, when, Adam, when, when God created the earth, it wasn't just Adam and Eve that fell, it says creation fell. Creation was subject to decay at the fall. And my Bible tells me that creation is waiting eagerly for the sons of God to take their place. So that creation will no longer be in decay. Wow. Why does creation not to be, that needs not to be in decay? I'll tell you why. Because creation is to declare the glory of God. He wants to redeem creation as much as He wants to redeem us. Because it declares His glory. And what's creation waiting for? It's, it's waiting for us <laughs> to take our place as sons. Not to have an understanding that we have dominion, but to take our place as sons and to operate as sons and daughters. Listen to what Daniel said in 7.18. He said this, seven, chapter 7, verse 18, he said this, But the holy people of the Most High, that's us, will receive the kingdom And will possess it forever. Daniel was telling of a time when Jesus would come. And when he came, when he came, a new kingdom, he came preaching a kingdom. Yes, he came for the lost, but he came preaching the kingdom. A new kingdom was established. Daniel seen a time when the most holy people, us, of the Most High, the Most Holy People will receive a kingdom that we'll possess forever, yes, forever and forever. Wow. From the very beginning, the enemy has used the same tactic. Right in Adam and Eve, the enemy said what? Did God really say? And he still uses that same tactic today. Did God really say you're a son? You get that when you go to heaven. Now you've got it now. And you can operate in it now. And don't let the enemy tell you any different. You've got every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every blessing. The day that the enemy tells you you have to be in a place of lack, 
is a day where you begin to listen to the liar. Every spiritual blessing, the enemy will always try to shut out the voice of God because the voice of God always has life in it. Jesus, while he was in a desert, and just let me tell you this as well, the desert was for a set period. If you've been in a desert too long, you need to ask God when it's ending because you're not meant to live in a desert. You're meant to live in a promised land. I'm not saying we don't have deserts. I'm just saying we're not meant to live there. We moved across to the promised land. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> we settle for the desert. We should never settle for the desert. That's not where God wants you to live. I'm not saying we don't go there. So Jesus went there for 40 days and 40 nights, did he not? What was the thing the enemy said to him? Challenged his identity. If you are the son of God. It says exactly the same to us today. If you are a child of God. If you are. If you are. But you know what? Jesus went in that place full of the Holy Spirit and he came out full of the Holy Spirit. And you know, before he went in, you know the first thing, you know what happened? It's like God knew, didn't he? Because what happened? The heavens opened and a voice spoke and said, this is my son in him I am well pleased. Two things. Declared his identity and declared the pleasure of God over his life. And with those two things, he went into the desert. And I believe he came out with those two things as well. What was ringing in his ear as the enemy was accusing him around his sonship, what was ringing in his ear was his father's voice saying, you're my son and I'm well pleased with you. And I've opened heaven to declare it. Listen, your sonship today... I haven't got no time left, but your sonship today, I cannot declare, I can declare that out into the spirit, but I cannot make you receive that spirit of adoption. You need an experience where heaven opens up and you hear the Father's voice. Have you had that? Have you had that experience where you've heard the Father's voice declare who you are in relation to him as a father and how pleased he is with you. Because I guarantee if you have that, you'll walk out life differently. This will be the best sermon you've ever heard. <laughs> Until next week. <sighs> I haven't got any time, so I'm just going to go right. I'm going to skip tons of this. If we get another time to do this, then we maybe do that. But I, I would love... The, the, the thing I'm after today in the spirit is this. It's something called an orphan spirit. I've not focused on it. I've focused on what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. But the thing that prevents that is most Christians... Not most. Christians can walk around with an orphan spirit. It's not good. Where did the orphan spirit come from? It come from the very beginning, Adam and Eve. Always go back to the beginning. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, <laughs> when, when they disappeared God, it caused untold damage because it began a journey of an orphan spirit. What do I mean by an orphan spirit? Referring to a sense of abandonment, loneliness, and isolation. 
almost immediately after the fall, the fruit of an orphan spirit did what? Jealousy rose up and Cain killed Abel out of an orphan spirit. Why did he kill Abel? Read what the Bible says. It said he killed him because the father didn't receive his offering. Orphan spirit. How do we break an orphan spirit? By receiving the Father's love. So very quickly, very, very quickly. Orphan spirit, spirit of sonship. I'm going to give you about five, six things. The orphan spirit operates out of insecurity and jealousy. The spirit of sonship functions out of place of love and acceptance. See, people in church are gone crazy, aren't they? They're crazy, they're mad, and you're thinking, what's going on with them? They're operating in a place of orphan spirit. That's what's wrong. The orphan spirit is jealous of other success. The spirit of sonship is committed to other people's success. The orphan spirit serves to earn God's favor and love. The spirit of sonship receives that out of a place of divine acceptance and favor. The orphan spirit uses people and objects to fulfill their goals. Sonship serves others and blesses them in the kingdom. The orphan spirit has issues with anger, fits of rage. The spirit of sonship rests in the Father's ability to control and guide their lives. The orphan spirit is always in competition with others. The spirit of sonship always blesses others. The orphan spirit has a lack of self-esteem. The spirit of sonship walks in love and acceptance. The orphan spirit receives their primary identity from material possessions and physical appearances. Huh. Wow. The spirit of sonship has its identity grounded in their sonship and they're affirmed, affirmed by the Father. Right, I'm done. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you. So right now, right now, God, Father, we pray, would you come by your Holy Spirit and begin with your people here today to drop into their spirit a spirit of sonship a spirit of daughtership a spirit of adoption I break the lie of the enemy of their lives that say they're not good enough I break the lie of the enemy of their lives that says they have to settle for less than sonship I declare the truth of who Jesus is and the victory he won at the cross and his resurrection that he said it was a finished deal and that we're adopted in so I just want you to repeat after me if you want to I choose to be a son or a daughter I choose to partner with spiritual fathers and mothers I choose to receive the spirit of adoption. I choose to receive the spirit of adoption. Oh, 
I choose to hear heaven call my name. I choose to be a good son and daughter. I choose to respond to creation. I choose to move from a foster mindset. I choose to be in Jesus Christ. I choose to take dominion over the earth. I choose to take the Father's love over the Father's judgment. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again. 